Let's just pray before I start. Lord, I just thank you for what you've already started to say to us this morning. We thank you for what you're going to say to us by your spirit. Just pray, Lord, that our hearts and minds would be receptive for what you have to say, that you would minister to us by your spirit. And Lord, that wherever we're at, whether we need strength, whether we need encouragement, whether we need comfort, Lord, I just pray that your spirit would speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a few years ago, Renee and I bought a house in Cape Town. We'd been renting a house for, how many years have we been renting? Probably been renting for about um, six or seven years. And finally, the time came for us to buy a house. So we sold our house in the UK, and we took that money, and we said, we're going to invest in a property. So we decided to buy a new build. It's quite exciting. Anyone bought a new build before? It's so cool. You get to like decide what you're going to put in the house and that kind of stuff. So we spoke to the developers and they said, well, you know, do you want to come to the building site and have a look? And we were like, yeah, that's exciting. So Renee and I and the two boys, we went to this building site and we turned up and they gave us these stylish yellow hard hats and we tramped out over the mud because it was a rather wet day, as it often is in Cape Town. We tramped over the mud, and we came to our new house. And we stood there in the living room, looking around with these lovely walls around us of our new house. And then we had a bit of a problem. Because as we stood there with these good, solid walls around us, it started to rain. And as it started to rain, my head started to get wet. I thought, oh, they've made a mistake. There's, there's something wrong. My head's not supposed to get wet when I'm standing in a house. They must have made a mistake with the plans. Or the builder must have made a mistake somewhere. Because I'm not supposed to get wet in a house, am I? Well, obviously that was because they hadn't put the roof on yet. Now, wouldn't it be stupid to think that the builder had made a mistake in the plans simply because the roof wasn't on? That would be kind of stupid, right? The building was being built. The walls were good. The walls were great. As far as I know, the walls are still standing down in Cape Town. I've not been there for a few months, but I assume the house is still standing. The walls were good. But when we were there, it wasn't yet complete. There was something still more to come. I must admit, I've sometimes fallen into the trap of thinking that way when it comes to the way that God created us. And I think some of us do as well. And I'm going to explain why. I'm going to go to Genesis 4, verses 4 to 7, and I want us to see how God made humanity. So it says this, sorry, Genesis 1, 4 to 7, my mistake. 
Although we could talk about Abraham and fat and lambs as well, couldn't we? We could just make it up on the spot, but I'm going to go to Genesis 1. That was my mistake, sorry. I'll read it out so long while it goes up. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Actually, it's Genesis 2, 4 to 7. I'm really having great fun here. <laughs> That's a good verse too. We'll come to that later. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Let me read that again. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, if you actually look at the words that are used there um, in the Hebrew, there's something special that God did to man. When it says he breathed in the breath of life, Ruach is basically saying more than anything that God did with any of the other of creation, this man was special. He actually had a life-giving breath, a spirit that God breathed into him. This was the culmination of creation. This was man in God's own image. Do you think man was created perfect? He was perfect. Was God's creation good? Yes. Genesis 1 verse 31 says, I hope... It says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Man was created just great. You might think, why am I talking about men? Isn't this Mother's Day? Patience. We'll get there. Man was created great. But then, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 20, there seems to be a bit of a twist now, bear in mind, man is good, right? Man is created good. And then it says this. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. At this point, I think sometimes we might feel like the person standing in the living room of a house with no roof, and it starts to rain. And you think, oh, did God maybe, did he miss something? Like, what was God's plan? Because he makes man, and then he goes, actually, it's not good for him to be alone. But everything in creation was good. So what's going on here? All the animals on earth were paraded before Adam. Everything from the field mouse to the brontosaurus. He looks at all of them. And then God says, something else is needed. 
Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 to 22 says this. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The truth is that the creation of woman and the creation of motherhood and everything that it means to be that side of things was actually God's plan right from the start. It was his intent right from the start because he knew that man didn't work on his own. Man needs woman. Even more than that, creation itself needs women and needs motherhood. Creation, the world around us needs it. Genesis chapter 2 verses 23 to 24 says this. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. That is why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Become one flesh. This talks about marriage. This talks about what happens in motherhood. This talks about what is going to come from that. In Genesis 1, 27, 28, just a few verses um, back in Genesis 1, it says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful and increase in number. Who knows that that doesn't happen without mothers? In other words, and this is what I'm trying to get through, motherhood was part of God's creation as his perfect plan. And even more than that, I believe that God wanted to make a particular point out of it. Have you ever wondered why God made all the animals parade in front of Adam before he created woman? Because he could have created man and woman first and then paraded all the animals. They could have been there together. But he didn't. He paraded all the animals first, and then he gave Adam Eve. Personally, I believe it's because he was making a point to Adam. I think he was saying to Adam, look at all this amazing stuff that I've created. You get to name it. You get to have dominion over it. How does that make you feel, Adam? It's amazing. But I think Adam knew there was something missing because it wasn't good for him to be alone. And there was nothing else in creation that could fill that void. So God said, okay, now I'm going to show you what you're missing. And I think the feeling that Adam had when he finally saw what it was he'd been missing the whole time, that must have been the most incredible moment. Finally, he realized this was bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Motherhood was something beautiful that God brought in right at the start of creation. 
And mothers, I believe, can reflect God in a way that we as men can't. It wasn't good for man to be alone because man alone could not reflect who God was in his entirety. Now, God is neither male nor female. We know that. The Bible tells us that. God is God. (laughs) And God is our Father, because the Bible says that that's how God has chosen to show himself to us. So fatherhood on this earth is a reflection of that relationship. But you know, God's got a mothering heart too. God knows what it is to be a mother because he created mothers. In fact, even more than that, sometimes when you see verses in the Bible, I think they actually sound rather more mothering than they do fathering. So this is God in Isaiah 42 verse 14. He's talking about how he longs to restore Israel. So Israel's gone and they've done their own thing, as they did quite a lot. And then this is how God talks about them when he says he wants to restore them. He says this in Isaiah 42 verse 14. He says, for a long time have I kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp, and I pant. God uses the language of pain and urgency in childbirth to describe how he longs to gather Israel back to him and restore them. Because he understands mothers. He created mothers special because they reflect something in him which is unique. And then when he does restore Israel, what language does he use? Isaiah 66, 12 to 13 says this. For this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. When God gave us mothers, He gave us women that could teach us, all of us, something about his nature. And we were talking earlier, I mean, it was, uh, Nada said that, you know, there's different kinds of mothers. There's physical mothers, there's spiritual mothers, there's adoptive mothers, there's future mothers. And in all those things, there's an opportunity for us to see something of the nature of God and to celebrate it. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, we see Paul commending Timothy on his faith. Timothy was a great, great guy, um, a great leader in the church. And it says this. This is Paul talking to him. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, And in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. Who did Paul commend? 
Timothy's mum, and Timothy's grandma. Me personally, when I was growing up, my dad, um, he was an architect, and uh, the UK had a bit of a tough time um, economically in the late 80s, early 90s. So my dad actually had to go and work far away in London. My dad was a, a great man of the faith, um, still is. He's a preacher, he's a teacher, he's a rock of the church. And in my teenage years, I didn't really know him very well because he was a long way away. I saw him, he used to come back for you know, every other weekend or something like that. And I used to think as I was growing up that my dad was the picture of who I wanted a model to be. His strength, his power. My mum just loved us. My two sisters, my brother and myself. We homeschooled, so every day she just poured herself out for us. She fed us, clothed us, loved us, prayed with us. And now when I look back on my formative years, you know what I've realized? Yes, my dad's a good man. But everything I've learned about strength, I learned from my mum. Everything that I learned about faithfulness of God, I learned from my mum. Anything I learned about gentleness and peace, kindness, self-sacrifice, I learned from my mum. My dad is a good man. He's taught me much. But it was my mum who shaped me into the person I am today. So this morning, what I actually, uh, I'd like to do, I want to kind of get out the way now. And I actually would like a couple of mums to share with us a quick testimony of how being a mother, they felt God's faithfulness and God's favor. Because I think that there is something that comes through in the heart of a mother that I standing here can't bring to you. Because that's the way God meant it to be. That was part of his plan and that's how he made us. That women and mothers can reflect something special. So if you would like to just um, uh, welcome firstly um, Nolan. And I've just asked her to share just for a few minutes. And then we'll have one other. Okay, good morning. <laughs> and um, thanks, Dan. This is really, really good of you. <laughs> um, and happy, happy Mother's Day to you all. Um, let me just settle my beating heart for a minute. <laughs> when Dan uh, sent me a message, on a very eloquent message on Tuesday evening, asking uh, me to share a bit on, on my journey, um, I said, yes, I'll think about it and get back to him the next day. And I must admit, I woke up many times during the night 
thinking, how, oh, Dan, do I do this in five minutes? Are you serious? Five minutes. <laughs> and, and I realized Quinton and Nadis were in on the deal too. So, <laughs> so I, I searched and I searched my heart and I prayed. Um, and I really, I really battled to get it to five minutes. So, Dan, if you'll just give me a bit of grace. Um, because this motherhood is... Motherhood is the passion of my life. Motherhood is the calling. And I couldn't be more honored to have been called to do this. And so I give God all the glory today. It's, it's all glory to Him. I could never have done this in my own strength. When I've been weak, He has been strong. And when I've been faithless, he has been faithful. Dan asked me to, to just sort of point out why I would feel favored. Um, I can try and hold it just now. I might just... <laughs> why I feel favored and blessed. And uh, as I prayed about it, God kept taking me back to my own mother. I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home with a beautiful Christian father and a beautiful Christian mother. Um, unfortunately, my dad suffered with ill health, so we lost him when I was 20. And my mom, from then on, fought a battle with, um, with cancer. And we saw God heal her many times. She was a courageous mom. She loved the Lord. She served the Lord. Her heart's desire was that we would come to know the Lord. Um, and I realized that this is what shapes my testimony as a mother. So it's a personal journey. Um, and I share it with you because it's the heartbeat of, of my motherhood. She, um, when she was really, um, yeah, she, she had to be admitted into hospice. And uh, the most amazing thing of this season, of this time, was that she was, we, I was one of four. So she also had four children. I was, she was a girl boy, girl boy. And um, we all chose to serve the Lord. We all gave our hearts to the Lord during, um, as we were growing up. And God gave us three weeks to be alongside her in those final weeks. And we prayed with her. We shared stories with her. We laughed together. We worshipped the Lord together. And we were able to say to her, we had trusted in the face. We had trusted for healing and we had seen healings. But now we were on holy ground. This was God's business. And he had allowed her four children to be alongside her during this time. And we said to her, Mom, we love Jesus. We love each other. You can go because we will see you in heaven. We will see you 
one day again. And the honor of being allowed to be on that holy ground together with her. And we cheered her on. And we, um, and when she stepped into eternity, we could have almost stepped into eternity with her. Although our hearts were sad, we were rejoicing. And just as you mentioned, Dan, that was how God ministered to me was through Isaiah 66. When I said, how, Lord, will I bring up my own children? Because this, this has been my wisdom. I have turned to my mother for wisdom. How will I do this? How will I face life ahead without my mother? And he said, as a mother comforts a child, so will I comfort you. And he became my father and my mother. So as as we, yeah, and so that, that I say, as, as that formed the road ahead for me, the journey of faith with my own children, saying, let them, Lord, let them love God first, let them love others, and let them love each other, let them love each other as siblings. This is the calling of my heart, and uh, so I am very, very grateful to be able to share this testimony with you today. I have four beautiful children. I can take a moment to say that. <laughs> Michael, and Michael is up at the farm with Colin, but Jenna and Jamie and Caleb. I am so blessed to have them. And the beautiful part is that they have all chosen to serve the Lord. <laughs> They have all chosen Jesus. And how blessed am I as a mother? How favored am I as a mother? And if you'd allow me two more minutes, Dan. <laughs> I, f I, found, I found myself in, in, in very difficult places where I thought I had it all worked out many times. And, and I didn't. And we moved from, uh, from Jeffrey's Bay to a farm in Jeffreys, I had the church, I had the family, I thought I had it all made. And I've got an amazing husband who happens to be a farmer. <laughs> and uh, so we moved to the farm and I found it an incredibly lonely place. Suddenly I was alone with my children and I cried out to the Lord and I said, what do I do? And he said, don't worry so much. Homeschooling, yes, I've called you to do that. But teach them, teach them to love me. Teach them about my character. And teach them to praise me. And that is when I discovered the gift that God gave me personally, but has given all of us mothers, of praise. Praise is a powerful weapon. And I would wake up in the mornings and make a choice. Today, I will praise the Lord. Today, my children will praise the Lord. We will praise the Lord today. And I actually asked Jamie, I was chatting yesterday, and I said to her, what shaped your experience, Jamie? Let me just take a moment. What shaped your experience of growing up? Um, and she said to me, it was the songs, Mom. It was the songs. God is good all the time. In the darkest night, His light will shine. 
the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. So we sang. When we had long-distance driving, we sang. We sang in the car. We sang in the kitchen. We sang praises. We praised the Lord everywhere. And when you praise the Lord, you cannot but help feel the presence of God. That is one of my greatest joys today is that I can say I can see my children and other children praising and worshiping the Lord because it's in that place that he sets free. It's in that place that we can take ground where we have victory in Jesus. Um, Dan, you also asked me to share one or two um, verses that have been particularly special to me over the years. Um, Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And that is my prayer for all of you today, for all generations, because that is God's heart for families. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. This one I hold very closely to my heart as I, as I homeschooled, called out to him many times and he said, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those with young. Where would you rather be? This one was as what we focused on many a day as a family. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Come home to a place of peace. What more can you give to your families and to others? Finally, whatever is true, says your brothers. Finally, brothers, mothers, sisters, daughters, sons. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things day and night. Let them permeate your life every step of the way. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard or seen, put it into practice. And that was another one (laughs) of putting into practice. Kindness is the key. (laughs) My children have heard that over and over. Be kind to each other, siblings. You need each other. You need each other. Um, Let me just go to the last one. He inhabits the praises of his people, and I spoke about what praises mean to us. And... uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it with that. The, um, the last scripture that I'd, le- I'd like to leave with you is, it's a proverb, uh, Proverbs 31, which we all know so well. This is a different version. She is strong and she's respected by the people. She looks forward to the future with joy. She speaks wise words 
and she teaches others to be kind. Proverbs 31. She can laugh at the days to come. So moms, you can laugh. You can laugh. You can laugh at the days to come. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If I could do this, plain, straightforward me, by the joy of the Lord, you can all do it too. Thanks, Dan. How long was that? I did that. Thank you, Nolan. So we heard Nolan's heart come through there, but more than that, didn't you hear God's heart come through there? Wasn't that beautiful? Tiller. I can tell you is my own experience and um, when I was 13 I gave my heart to the Lord but I grew up in a church who saved you but left you um, and when I was 30 years old I was a widow pregnant six, six months pregnant with a boy of three and a half years old and um, I gone through very, very difficult times. Um, my husband in hospital for seven weeks, pregnant, and yes, but um, like in Psalm 23, it says, God will take you through. He will not leave you there. He will take you through that valley of death and yes then after a few years um, I remarried and then I had Michaela um, our daughter that led us to this church um, yes and yes I had a very rough marriage with her father for six years and Yes, my children was my gems in those times. And I can remember that I would be hysterical and hysterical sad. And I would just go and sit in front of the piano and just play and praise God. And that sadness changed into joy because my joy was in the Lord. And um, <clears throat> I can remember one, one day when, when I was pregnant with Rebecca and um, I sat on the stoop and I said to the Lord, you know, I'm, I'm alone. I've got no one to love me. I've, I haven't got a husband anymore I, and I'm pregnant. I'm going to have this baby, and I felt really sorry for myself. And a few seconds after that, Ben came from the back, and he put his arms around me, and he, he hugged me, and he said, Mommy, I love you so much. And I thought it's like a quick answer of prayer. 
the Lord knew exactly the little thing I needed at that moment. And um, yes, then when I got divorced, um, I thought I'll never, never trust a man. I'll never get married again. And yes, then I went to church and at church there was a man, France, and <laughs> yes, um, France became an instant dad. The children was little and um, yes, God just blessed us with France and he is the only father the children knows and yes, it was just such a blessing. And a verse that will always be with me is Psalm 139, where it says, um, See God, God, look at my heart, look if I'm on the right path. And if I'm not, guide me into your way. And that will be with me always. And yes, we've got three wonderful children which are all three in Josh Jen in Cape Town in different congregations and yes I just all the all the glory to God. Thank you Tilla. So we've heard testimony from mothers on what it means to be a mother and God's faithfulness and purpose. Just one word to those of us who are guys. I started off by saying that I can see that God had a purpose and a plan in motherhood that I can't understand because I'm a guy. But I see it in God. I saw it in my mum. I see it in mums here. And even though maybe there are some things in motherhood that I can never be or understand, there's one thing I can do, and there's one, that ev one thing every single one of you can do here, the guys. You can encourage your mother. And if your mother's maybe not part of your life maybe she's passed away or you have no way of speaking with her for whatever reason there's mothers you can encourage and although today maybe is maybe you know as, as Nardis was saying maybe it's been over commercialized and that's probably true but that's a good excuse to go encourage a mother so today maybe Take that opportunity. I do feel that um, it would be nice for us to actually just worship God one more time. Because as we've heard these testimonies from these mothers of God's faithfulness, I think part of what it means to thank our mothers is to thank our God for what he made our mothers to be and what they meant to us. 
So can we just go into to one more song? I'll just let Bryden get ready. And then can we just sing one more song, just exalting our King, just thanking Him for who He is and thanking Him that He created us with this incredible example in motherhood to reflect something of who He is. Can we do that? Yeah, let's just stand and we'll just sing one more.